Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound In, the Roaring Riot Podcast, or It Is What It Is for even more great talk about your favorite team, and follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us. My name is Nikki Wolf. Alongside of me, I can finally say that because I'm on this side oh, of the table. You are alongside of us. Look at that. We're like a family over here. Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and spent the bye week watching the entire Panthers 2013 playoff run on repeat. That is true. That did happen. It's, it's research and fun. It's like going back and watching movie classics. People have like, when you say you catch a movie at night, and you're like, I got to watch it from this point in. Like Tombstone, for instance, I think is a classic example if you catch it at the right time. That's the way I am with old games. I just get hooked in. Man, See, you I just love, stepped all over Nikki's important question. I we'll love get how to that. Tombstone was your go-to uh, rewatchable movie, whereas mine would be like Can't Hardly Wait or like something really <laughs> like, like Dumb and Dumber. Like if Dumb and Dumber's on TBS, I'm watching the whole thing. I'm like, oh, here comes <laughs> the, the laxative scene. Here comes some sort of other scene. Uh, I couldn't think of another example besides the laxative scene. We're very mature on this show. We're jo- not. <laughs> We're not at all. Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is. He spent the bye week in Mexico, continuing the tradition of the Panthers making big moves as soon as he leaves the country. That's true. Thanks for leaving the country. Yeah. Maybe you should just keep doing that. Well, they fired Dave Gettleman literally as I was getting on a plane to Belize. Like, I got a text that was like, hey, they're firing Gettleman. And then I was like, please put your phones in airplane mode. <laughs> and it was on one of those, like, Central American airlines where you're, there's no Wi-Fi. So it was just like, well... <laughs> I guess something's happened and I don't know about it. So that was cool. And then uh, obviously I'm in Mexico and my wife was very excited to spend her birthday on the beach alone as I wrote an article breaking down the signing of Eric Reed. That's what I do in uh, Mexico when I go. It's yeah. Well, she was fine. They have it's all, it was there. They had pina coladas and oh. she did not get caught in the rain. Perfect. So it's great. Oh, look at that. Look at that. And on the one day contract this week, Mr. Al Wallace, 10 year NFL vet, Proud former Maryland Terp, color analyst for Charlotte Football, and president of the Michael Pittman Hate Club. Yeah, Michael Pittman. (laughs) Track me down. I know what that's all about. 54-yard interception return, Tampa, second game of the season, and got caught on the seven-yard line. Could have been a nice, easy win. Yeah, I made it hard for us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like to start the show. Not talking about football. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and finish the show and have the <laughs> middle of the show not talk about football We either. spend about five minutes talking about football on the show, so I hope you're ready for this. So we start the show with Nikki's super important question, which you guys have already kind of talked about. So oh. I don't know if you realize it, but today is October 3rd, which is Mean Girls Day. And Mean Girls is one of my favorite movies. And if I'm at home getting ready to go out, if it comes on, I'm watching it. I'm not leaving the house. I'm the same way with uh, We're the Millers and The Devil Wears You're Prada. You're the Millers? I love that movie. Wow. How do you not love that movie? That's a fine movie, for, but for that to be the second one that you throw out as your oh, favorite? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Mine that's like Kevin-level crazy. Mine are all guilty pleasure movies. Mean Girls, We're the Millers, Devil Wears Prada. I mean, it's no heavyweights. or uh, <laughs> What's the other terrible one that you love? Yeah, first kid. What? Yeah, first kid. <laughs> that oh, you have like kids. A... Have you ever even seen First Kid? No, I've never seen yeah, that. Yeah, no, movie. that's a... Is that a Disney movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's got Sinbad in it. Oh, it's got Sinbad in it. Yeah, that's and that's a positive somehow. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, so what other movies? You have to have a movie that you watch every time it's on TV. Uh, Ice Cube, Friday, Chris Tucker, yes. next Friday, Friday after next. Yeah. Anytime those are on on a, a Sunday that's not airing football all day, I'm, I'm in. You can count me in for those. What about like the – so I feel like Friday is one of those movies that comes on TBS mm-hmm. and it's like, ooh, you got knocked the heck out. Yep. Like it, they just <laughs> – they're always just constantly like taking out the best lines. That's It's like a classic example of that. Yeah, those are a little frustrating. You know it's coming, but it's still entertaining. Uh, just It just takes you back to a different time when everything was a lot simpler, uh, you know, for me, but those are classics, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Brad uh, Kaya's mom is in that movie. <coughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah, true. Felicia. She yep. was Felicia. Yep. Is he still in the league, Brad Kaya? That seems like it's going to be worth Google. Someone's going to have to look that up. Yep. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Well, I, I remember well, when Nebraska played Miami, they kept playing his mom like every five seconds on the big screen. It was pretty amazing if you were in Nebraska. Really? Kid. They did that? Yeah. It's interesting because it, you couldn't do that in a pro stadium. You would not be – they would they – would, because they, I think the Raptors in the NBA got in trouble for doing something similar like that, making making, like making the fun of somebody's family. Too, or? it was too pointed or something like that. Yeah. They were they were playing songs that were like I forget if somebody maybe had a I forget what the situation was, but they didn't they play a Drake song like a like somebody. Nah, I don't remember, but somebody had had uh it was ciara related perhaps i don't know that yeah. now this is one of those this is one of those stories <laughs> that really got away from i know immediately. i know i'm sorry i'm I sorry apologize. i wish i should know the details but the point being that in that in a pro setting i that type of stuff is no longer acceptable uh by the way uh brad kaya is a american football quarterback for the indianapolis colts the indianapolis colts now well, they might, they're an afc team that so. might be yeah exactly it doesn't matter high school team basically yeah so do we cover everyone's movies? You, well, I mean, I said Tombstone. Said I tombstone. did not mean to step on the question. I feel like I owe it you an apology. It feels like you almost knew what the question was, Colin. Maybe it's because... Did you guys congregate about this Mickey super important question so that I wouldn't have a good answer? <laughs> no, no, certainly not. I think Shawshank is the is, is one of the classics, of course, for, for a lot of people yeah. my age and a little bit older. But Tombstone is the one that... And, and it's really when Doc's involved. When Doc's on the screen, when Val Kilmer's on the screen, that's when... That's when the the great lines are being doled out. Now, Shawshank is definitely one of my like top five movies of all time, but I don't necessarily, if it comes on, I won't watch it every single time. It's a little sad. Like there are times in it where it's like Red's about to commit suicide. I don't want to watch that part. No, yeah, you got to pick and choose your you got to pick and choose your spots with it. For yeah, sure. that's no fun. No fun. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I like dumb one. movies. I think like Dumb Me and too. Dumber and like. We're the Millers. I <laughs> love that Scott. movie. It's starring. Is that the one where they like so are on the, on the RV? Is that them? Is that the? Is yes. That the, okay. Yeah. Okay. In, in the guy Jason Sudeikis. What's what's uh, Scotty P? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is uh, no regrets. I, not I, even a letter. I can't believe. Come on. I'm so shocked by this. That is legitimately the craziest answer that I've ever heard to that question. You're welcome. Is We're the Millers. I love that movie. Well, Jason you are uh, you and Jason love that movie. And <laughs> Olivia Munn and the other person that's in that movie. Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. Jennifer yep. Aniston. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. I bet somebody else loves it just as much as Somebody's I Somebody's going to tweet at you and be like, I got you. I'm also a Miller. There we go. Yeah, Brad Miller. It'll be Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, and Reggie Miller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we should talk about football, our uh, favorite regular segment that just won't go away. We're going to call it the first Memorial Offensive Line Party Chat today. Because this might be the last week, theoretically. It might be. Should we have a moment of silence? Not yet. No. Okay. Yeah, let's let's wait and see. 
if everybody comes back. <laughs> if, it, if it does happen, Trey Turner coming back, does it ruin continuity or does talent win out in this situation? No, you talked about this last show a little bit. I Did listen. I, yeah. I oh, listened. there you go. Thank Even you though for I listening. wasn't here, uh, it, it's I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. It's like offensive line is such a. It's so important that they that that connection between the left tackle and the left guard and the right tackle and the right guard playing next to each other is almost as important as the amount of talent. So it's like obviously Trey Turner more talented than Tyler Larson, but the way that they've been playing the last two weeks or two games. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to justify making a change. I get it. They're going to. I think it's the right decision. But I, I don't. I don't know. I, that, that's all I'll say. I mean, talent has to win out, right? You would think mm-hmm. so. Trey Turner is an All-Pro right guard, and yeah. uh, if he's healthy, you put him in there under all circumstances. And, and Larson's shown well of himself out there. But at the end of the day, if you can get All-Pro talent and you can get that chemistry back. Uh, where it needs to be because it's so important with the combo blocks and the different Mm -hmm. calls and communication that has to happen on the offensive line. Look, Trey Turner is a nasty dude, man, and he needs to be on the field. I don't care where you put him. So if he's healthy, you get him on that field. If you pay an offensive lineman as a veteran the contract that you paid him, he – he, you know, it falls into the category of he's going to play, like we discussed with Matt Khalil. This is – he. you are – if you're paying him this, he he should be markedly better than the other guy. Yeah. Again, I'm not. I'm not stumping for Tyler yeah. Larson to take this job. I yeah. just think it's like it, we always talk about continuity on the offensive line. It's like the number one thing that we talk about all the time. These guys, they play next to each other. They have the good co- co- chemistry and connection. And then when uh, a Pro Bowl guy comes back, they just he's going back in immediately. And it's just it seems interesting to me that that always wins out. And I get it. Again, obviously, it makes perfect sense. Just something that that it always kind of I always think about when a backup does so well, only for him to be like, "Yeah, you're doing great, but you're definitely not going to get this." You, there's no f- possible way for Tyler Larson to win that job, and he knows that going into it. Yeah, they know that. You're back. I've spent ten years in the NFL. I was never once a starter going into the season. I've started a few games, but you know that guy's better than you. Larson knows he's better. I mean, you can have all the confidence in the world, but if you have eyeballs and you watch Trey Turner, this kid is unbelievable, and yeah. it's the reason why he was paid like that. Now, I don't agree with the Matt Khalil thing because he got he has the big, you know, paycheck, but he's not the best left tackle they have on that that team. So, in that case, hey, I'm going to play the hot hand, and somebody's got to eat that contract. If you're Marty Herney, I, it wasn't me, you know, it wasn't me who signed <laughs> yeah. to that deal. But you're not going to get your you're all world quarterback killed because you got to put the guys with the biggest, you know, paychecks up front. Yeah. So you think, so we've actually talked about this in the past. I feel like it's part of the offensive line party chat all the time. (laughs) When Matt Khalil comes back, you don't think he should get that job back automatically from Chris Clark. I think they'll try. They'll try to make it a competition. Um, But the film doesn't lie. I think what Chris Clark has done has been admirable at best for a guy coming off the street. Now, we need to take in consideration, if you're watching the games and you're paying attention, North Turner's done a great job with getting that ball out of Cam Newton's hands. Mm -hmm. That makes it extremely difficult for defensive linemen to get there, for blitzes to hit home. But what they're asking him to do, I mean, he's done a great job. The entire offensive line, for me, they've been the MVP just because it was just washed. It was just yeah. everywhere, and they really have protected well and opened up holes. Christian McCaffrey didn't do it on his own. So, I mean, I applaud the effort that those guys made. I think it's one of the most important pieces of what Norv's brought. I mean, you knew he was going to protect Cam, but he's also kept this offense 
clicking and it's come along a little you know a little slowly but it even even in the, at the beginning of the season it felt like they should have been putting up more points than they did so the offense you know and his ability to protect cam in the midst of all this um change and in losing olsen again I, I just think it is he's really been an unsung hero of the first quarter of the season i know we got one more game to get to the quarter but it sounds better that way <laughs> yeah it's well they played four weeks so it's like this is the first quarter of the season i get it we got the early buy and whatever you want to leave that alone but uh, i'm always going to say the first quarter of the season but it's um uh, so al it's the, the it's not on the agenda but al you played 10 years these early buys good thing bad thing doesn't matter whatever who cares you I just mean, take it when it comes yeah, you kind of take it when it comes. I tell you, if it's at the beginning of the year, you kind of need it. Well, we needed it back in the day when training camp was five, six weeks, when it was two-a-days, it was all contact. That early buy meant that you got to recover from, from the preseason, from training camp. Yeah. Now, you know, they have, what, maximum 15 practices down at Spartanburg, so it's a lot easier. It just makes for a long haul the second – half of that season um you know coming after the bye week and those guys know they'll have to grind it out through november december playoffs i mean that's a long haul for your body with you know no rest in sight so if i you know when i was playing i welcomed that early bye week because training camp was training camp was tougher than the season it was just hard it was really, really hard yeah absolutely yeah I mean, nowadays it's not i mean not nothing obviously but like they did they changed they changed training camp so much so now it's one a day hour and a half only so many f- padded practices and everybody said any any veteran anybody that played 10 years ago 15 years ago or longer they'll say you know back in my day you could you like it was hard you had to survive training camp now it's just like yeah whatever like eh, if you miss training camp it's not as big of a deal as it was it's not it's so light that's why you look at teams like the rams who didn't even play their starters in the in the preseason mm-hmm. because it's it's not worth it it's a mental game as much as it is a physical game uh so yeah when i was playing 10 years i mean it was it was survival especially for a guy like myself who was on the bubble trying to make the roster every year. You had to go out there, and really it was physical. There were no rules where you couldn't have two padded practices in one single day. Uh, There were live segments of practice where you tackle guys, you took them to the ground. I think when I watch the game, I see some of it suffering because of that, the contact, the – you know, techniques as far as tackling guys getting hurt. There are more injuries now in the game, I believe, than there were back then because I just don't think the bodies have have hardened enough. They haven't calloused enough to the game to be ready when the regular season starts. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting way to look at it because especially I I was reading some someone else said that the first four weeks of the season now are basically like preseason because training camp is not the same, preseason is not the same, so they're still players are still getting used to playing at full game speed, especially if you're young or if you're or if you're old, you know, like one or the two and you it takes you a little while to get up to speed. Yeah, and I mean I know Peppers has gone, you know, had some questioning about has he lost a step as far as the time caught up. I mean, he had he didn't do one thing until opening day. I mean, yeah. he just started practicing and just started playing. And it takes your body time to get acclimated to the speed of the game and, and the, you know, the physical nature. You're going to have to use your hands. It, it just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Even for a guy who's been around like Peppers, for him to be brought up to speed, yeah, it's going to take the first first several weeks. And those starters, uh, you think about the breakdown of the, the snaps they get in the preseason. It's minimal. They're in there first game, maybe a quarter. Second game, a little more. That last preseason game, they don't play at all. So it's really not four games that they have to prepare. Mm-hmm. It's probably one 
full game, four full quarters, if you look at the time or the number of snaps that they play to get ready for a 17-week, 16-game season. I know you specifically mentioned fundamentals and tackling as things that have suffered, but is, is there anything else, like a particular aspect of football that you think isn't as good or isn't as polished as it was you know, back when, in, you know, your day. So yeah, <laughs> back in my day. I really think that's that's where I can take a look at it. It's it's uh, the technique uh, of some of things you have to do for a defense alignment, for example, uh, utilizing our hands to keep blockers off of us. Um, it's, it's really hard to do that if you're not in full pass. That initial shock and that separation off of an offensive lineman to be able to get yourself to the ball. So you see a lot of – I see a lot of guys stuck on blocks that can't get off as they're not used to doing that in practice. You're in shorts and everybody's trying to not get hurt. You're trying to be healthy. I just don't think an emphasis on keeping guys healthy was as important – is as important now as it was back when I played. Uh, so, yeah, in the tackling, you know, heads down, all the targeting things, I think a lot of that comes from not getting enough reps, not knowing how to p- position your body to take on those types of collisions. Uh, and the concussions are just through the roof. I know there's more awareness, uh, you know, completely understand that. Um, you know, to, to get your bell rung on my day was kind of a thing where you, you go to the sideline and you kind of, you know, play hide and seek from the trainers until you got your wits back together. Uh, but now they have a lot of things in place, and it's necessary. I've suffered concussions, and it's 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 a serious serious thing. But yeah, for me, uh, Colin, it's it's the tackling. The tackling just looks horrible sometimes because guys don't know how to put their bodies on other bodies and and get them on the ground. When you have it, when you have a concussion, like what is that? Does it take you like? Do you recover from it by the minute? Like, at, like you said, hide and seek from the trainers. Like, are you like walking around trying to just get back to normal at least a little bit? Yeah, it's a weird feeling. I think we all are aware that you, once that collision happens, uh, your mind, like everybody else's mind, is saying, "Hey, put your right foot on the ground and get up." Yep. And you realize, I, my, I can't do it. Like, I can't make my foot do what my mind is telling it to do. And that's how you, you know, why you see guys stumbling. But yeah, there is a, a progress where you you go to the sideline and it starts coming back to you. You know, the feeling in the tips of your fingers and toes, and you're understanding what's happening. Uh, so that takes a while, and I think you're able to answer, you know, questions the longer uh, time between that concussion and the trainers can get to you to to kind of start that process. So it's. It is a weird thing to have a, a brain injury like that. And it's essentially what it is and to try to recover quickly. Do you think the NFL is doing a good job, a good job of trying to take that concussion stuff out of the league or, or not even take it out of the league, but adjust to it? Yeah, I think they've put some things in place to try to minimize it because uh, playing in the NFL, there, there was nothing that I wouldn't do to get back out on the field. And I think to a man, guys are still like that. I've seen some guys kind of self-report, and I think that's great. But you're trained to keep going and keep fighting and get back out there. And the next man up might be, you know, you might take your job. So you find a way to get back out there. And I think that's what the NFL has eliminated by having, you know, personnel outside of your team kind of call that shot, get you to that tent, you know, go through the protocol, and that really saves guys from compounding that that initial injury. Um, but there are some rules, obviously, that I don't don't like that they've done now. Yeah. You know, some of the targeting rules. Obviously, we saw earlier in the season with Clay Matthews, the, the landing on the quarterback. I think some of that is absurd because at 280 pounds, full speed, 
how can you not land on a, another? I mean, yeah, that that's just Aaron Rodgers. You watch those hundred million dollar quarterbacks go down, you'll start scribbling on you oh, know, yeah. napkins in the press box, trying to the owners box, trying to figure out a way to keep them on the field. Yeah, that's all I, that is. And I know that we, Colin, we were talking about this earlier, right? Like the 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 way that the rules in the NFL are, and the way the NFL is moving is like the it's a different balance between offense and defense, and like from the way that you're when your team went to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that that team, the way that it was constructed, could go to the Super Bowl now with the way that the rules are? I think so. I think so on defense. I mean, we had Mike Minner and, and Deion Grant on the back end at safety, and Terry Cousins, at, you know, at corner, and Ricky Manning Jr. was there. Uh, you know, you got to put your hands on the receivers a little bit to mm-hmm. to keep them from getting clean releases. But yeah, I think they could have made the adjustment. Um, and then guys like Dan Morgan and I mean those guys were hitting you, man. Mm-hmm. It was no tackling when I put I feel like there was like now they teach kind of a rugby style tackle where your head doesn't go in front anymore, <laughs> it goes behind and you wrap guys up in crocodile roll. That that was not taught. I mean, from the time I was eight years old, it was really, you know, kind of putting those two screws of your helmet under somebody's chin. That that's just how we were taught to do it. So I understand um how some of these guys just can't break that mold. And, I, and I'm seeing a difference. It's been so long since that technique was taught until today. Guys are doing a better job of protecting themselves and really protecting the other guys. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Yeah. When And that your 2003 team, and I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong, that your team couldn't have made the Super Bowl in 2018. <laughs> That's not going to happen today. But at I don't know team, if you've <laughs> seen Al and if you've seen Colin – well, let's just say Nikki gave him a compliment that, he, that she's never given either of, uh, of us. That's, That's a great true. point. I sat so. down and I said, you have very big arms. Yeah, that is true. They're very nice. Come with so. the job. <laughs> <laughs> but for a team that was built on defense and, and the return game, you had, you had Smitty and you had He Ate Me, um, two you know, very capable return men, and we've seen the return game diminished as well. True. And now I just look at these offenses, and I don't know if in 2018 you can be good or, you know – Maybe, and maybe this is early season bias when the weather's still nice, but I don't know if you can be good as a defense-first kind of team in 2018. I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if the 2000 Ravens are, you know, just the way – with the points that you're going to need to score in this league with the quarterback rules, with the pass interference rules, things like that, it just feels like you need to be an offense-heavy team right now in the NFL. Yeah, we weren't an offense-heavy team, but what we did have, and I don't care what decade or what – you know, era you played in was an unbelievable running game with the offensive line, a veteran offensive line we had up front, and Stephen Davis and Deshaun Foster running the ball. That will carry a, a long way. We pounded the ball. We really did not lean on Jake DeLome and Steve Smith that year as, as much as people would think. Those are the names you remember. Those are the stars. People rarely talk about Stephen Davis and rushing for, I believe, 1,400 yards yep. that mm-hmm. year. I mean, yep. he was – out of this world. And he and unfortunately he gets slighted because that was Jamal Lewis time, Priest Holmes. Like the AFC running backs at the time were putting up ridiculous numbers. And even though he was in the tougher, more manly NFC, it just didn't it just didn't get the respect. Colin hates the AFC. It's awful. Yeah, it's I awful. I, I mean agree. LeBron LeBron got criticized forever for playing in the East and, and Tom Brady it's is just thing. like it's like, yeah, no, no wonder they, they can rest guys for like eight weeks midseason because they're playing the Bills. You know, oh, I wonder if, wonder if this is the year Tannehill's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> the 
And they not only play the Bills, more. they play twice. Twice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Josh Allen, though, he jumped over that dude, so you can't argue with that. Okay, can can quarterbacks hurdle guys if you're not allowed to hit hit them? Yeah. <laughs> I think once they take off yeah. as a runner, like the rules apply to them like everybody else. You can nail them at that time. I feel so. like 10 or 15 years ago, if like a quarterback had tried to hurdle somebody, he would have gotten like – Bronco, like Bronco Buster is not no, the word for it. Like power slammed. Yeah. The Texans quarterback. Oh, goodness. Remember the helicopter? And he fell. Yeah. Sage Rosenfels. Look. <laughs> let me get him a mic. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> no compliments on your arms, though. <laughs> not going to happen. Your arms are adequate. Oh. oh. Better than me and Colin I, still. I, I, so. If he really? got ad- if he got adequate, I'm, 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 just, I'm out. I'm yeah. just searching for the right <laughs> words to use to describe you fellas. Thank you. Adequate I'll get is what th- you came up I'll with. I'll get you a thesaurus. Adequate. <laughs> yeah. That's what you came up with. Hey, good to have you back. Yeah, thanks for coming back. <laughs> I'm glad you guys missed, missed me. You. Yeah. You're very spelt down there, Kev. <laughs> Come on. See, that one just feels like a fired shot for no reason. <laughs> well. Wow. It happens I, sometimes. I not like that. It's, I may just mute. Do you all want to arm wrestle here in a second? No, see? I really don't. Al and I have actually arm wrestled. Be- yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> arm wrestled before. Who won? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> it was two out of three, though. Yeah, it was exactly. two out of three. It was two out of three, but we, we broke the table. <laughs> it would have been better, but Josh got a flu shot that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> actually. And smallpox. <laughs> all the things. Well, let's talk about the move heard around the world uh, from Mexico. <laughs> Eric Reed. Yep. Let's talk first about it from a football point of view before we get to the off-field issues here. What does this do for this team? Uh, here's the thing that I did not realize about Eric Reed: the dude is big, and I mean when I like. So when you go to practice, they uh, they're stretching at the beginning of practice, and like Cam Newton stands out as like he's bigger than the rest of the people in his position mm-hmm. group. He's much bigger than any of the other quarterbacks, bigger than the running backs. Like he just looks imposing and big. And then you looked, o- I looked over at the safeties and Eric Reed is like towering over these dudes. Like he is, he just, he looks big. He's a big safety. And that's the same way that Eric Washington described him today. He said, he's a big safety with big speed and he is going to help in that run game. Uh, you know, it, they were already a good run defense, but a guy like that can come down off the, uh, come down and stay in the box. I mean, he's going to be a menace out there. By the way, what exactly were you doing when you got that news? What? What were you doing when you got the news? Oh, funnel, funnily enough, I was uh, sitting funnily? down. Yeah, funnily enough, that's a good way. That's a word. I think <laughs> it's adequate. Yeah, it's, it's an adequate, adequate word. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I was actually sitting down, so I had told Renee, "Hey, listen, I need to work for like thirty minutes." <laughs> And I just need to publish something, schedule a couple tweets, and then I'm going to – and I oh, so I whoa. went to – Breaking the fourth wall here. Oh, sorry. Some of the tweets are scheduled, so, <laughs> so sorry to tell you. Uh, and I had gotten a coffee, and I just asked one of the friendly bartenders at the Hyatt Zalara Cancun Ooh. to put a little Bailey's into my coffee. And um, we're not sponsored by Hyatt. And not yet. And, um, and as episode. I was like – I literally like grabbed the top of my laptop to close it, and it was like, bloop, Eric Reed signed by Panthers. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Texted Renee, nah, it's going to be a couple hours. And then it was just, I started going to work. It was, uh, it was exciting. And honestly, I'm excited. I think they needed to make a move, and I said it at the time, and I will say it again. This is the kind of move that a team makes when they know that their window to win the Super Bowl is open right now. They, they've said to themselves, we can't win the Super Bowl with Denora Searcy on IR and Colin Jones starting at safety. Let's 
let's go out and make a move and all any all the distraction, all the off field stuff, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Right. It, that is going to be all secondary to what he's going to bring on the football. I field. said we should send Colin Jones some some flowers to say thank you because. If it wasn't for him, I, I don't think this would have happened. Well, he's still a captain. Captain, that's Captain Colin Jones to you. How mark? How much better is this team with him in the secondary? I think this is the. I think this is a real question because I think there's, we, the man, has become, I think, better than the player in some ways. In, in terms of, you know, you think about the man that they just signed. Mm-hmm. The player they just signed, I don't know if he is going to have the same impact. I do agree that he was the best safety on the board, but it was also, you know, you know a pickup now. I'm, I, do you think this, this defense is markedly better with him in there? I think it's markedly better than it was with Colin Jones. I don't know if it's markedly better than it was with Denoris Searcy, but I do think it's better. I think that Eric Reed is a better safety than, than Denoris Searcy. I think he's better than both of those guys. I mean, I – I don't even know that it's close. I mean, this guy, we haven't seen him play in a while. But when he was on the field, I mean, he, he had, we talked about it. He has all those things you cannot teach, right? He has the size. He has the range. He's going to be nasty and physical when he gets down there. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear Ron Rivera and you hear Eric Washington talk about him, this guy's been in that building just soaking it all up. He's not doing that for show. Sure. He's not doing it so he can get on the field. That's who he is, and that's why, you know, he's been an all-pro. He's been a pro bowler because he puts in that work. I think this football team gets better. Um, Mike Adams, to me, is, is played great. For, you know, I hate to throw in there for his age, but he's an older guy. So now you add Reed, and, and I think, you know, you can do a lot of things. You can cover uh, tight ends now. You can cover some of those running backs out of the backfield. And you can bring this safety down, eight in the box. When you play a tough team that's going to – this week, Saquon Barkley, you're going to have to figure out a way to get mm-hmm. him on the ground. And it's going to take eight in the box. And you can be confident with Mike Adams and the rest of the guys on the back end that can cover. So he's a, a huge addition. And we don't know what the product's going to look like. Practice doesn't mean anything to me. So when the games start, we'll see – what you know? What Eric Reed we have, and how well you know how great a shape he's in, and how much of an understanding uh, he's been able to pick up of this defense. Because whether or not it was politically motivated or whatever, there were there were questions about whether or not he still wanted to play football, and that's uh, it, it's impossible to hide <laughs> out there in the NFL. So I think that question is going to be answered quickly. I do think, and and, this, and what I, I'm curious about is because not often do you bring in somebody a quarter of the way through the season and say. We're going to do some things for this guy. Right. But when you bring TD and when you bring and, and now you add Eric Reed, all of a sudden that feels a lot more interesting to me um, as, a, as, a def- as a defensive coordinator in my own mind about what different things you may be able to do with those two guys. Because as you said, Reed, a big guy and has been somebody that's been able to cover in the slot. So all of a sudden those – you know, I, I think this team did gain a – a piece, so to speak, on this defense, and another chess piece. If you if you think of guys in that kind of in that kind of sense, look, mental part of the game too for the offensive side. If I'm now a receiver, or a tight end, and I'm running a slant, I'm thinking about that, mm-hmm. not just because Reed's back there, because TD's back also. They are only. I'm clear when I'm saying this. There are only two running hit guys. And I love Luke Kuechly, but he's not a devastating hitter, not like Thomas Davis. So those guys really now coming across the middle, intermediate routes, they really have to think about it. You have one guy on the second level and another guy on the third level that will really – 
you know, put a hurting on you. So mentally, I think, you know, intimidation-wise, guys are going to recognize that. They're going to look at film after this week. Or maybe they're going to go back and look at old film and say, man, you know, that's that's no fly zone in the middle of that, that Panthers defense. Yeah, I think the thing with the thing with Reed that we kind of gloss over, just like you said, the Eric Reed, I think the the myth of Eric Reed mm-hmm. has really grown as he hasn't been signed. Somehow he became Ronnie Lott in the interim. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like a, it's like the the second string guy in training camp. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or yeah, the, or, the, <laughs> or the backup rookie quarterback is the, is Joe Montana until he gets on the field. I, I think that Eric Reed is a very good safety. My issue is going to be health. If he can stay on the field for the next 13 games, it's going to be uh, something that he hasn't done since he was a rookie. So I, I think that's going to be my biggest thing is whether it's concussions, whether it's he had shoulder injury, he had a knee injury. My The thing that I really like about him, and I'm sure the thing that Ron and, and Marty love about him, is that this guy's played free safety, strong safety, and last year he played a little bit of that safety linebacker uh, like hybrid position that they kind of like Shaq playing in every now and then. So it, I think it's going to be really interesting and opens up a lot of things for Eric Washington to do and to be creative and fun with this defense. I mean, Mike Adams doesn't have to play free safety and Eric Reed doesn't have to play strong safety. They can just flop them from play to play. And that's going to be really interesting, I think. And that's it. <laughs> no, nothing else on Eric Reed, right? No, nothing else. I mean, comes what else? That's it. That's what all we talk about. That's yeah. all. That's all we talk about. I mean, off the field, when we talk about, I, I guess we use the word to dis- distraction when yep. we talk about it. What exactly is a distraction when we talk about Eric Reed being on this team now? I, I have not, I have not spent a lot of time in an NFL locker room, so I'll, sp- I'll leave that to somebody that has been on an NFL team. It, when Thank somebody's you. a distraction, oh. Colin, <laughs> what does oh. that know? <laughs> <laughs> what what does that mean exactly? Like, I think a distraction would have to be someone doing something, whether it's on or off the field, that's uh, going to derail all the work and the effort, and, and you know, pull guys away from the ultimate goal. I don't think Reed's going to do that. This has been going on for quite some time, and. The guys in the locker room, the other 52 guys, they really do understand his stance and, uh, you know, what he's he's fighting for. And that's not going to go away. If any, We've all seen him, seen his interviews. We've all seen him before he got here. We know how strong he feels uh, about his cause. So there's no moving him off that. It's going to be about football. The guys in the locker room are not going to be distracted because it's a, a veteran locker room and it's a bunch of leaders. And look, Torrey Smith hasn't been shy about how he feels. He voices his opinion. That they're just adding on to that. They're not bringing in a guy who's so different from the rest of them mm-hmm. that they're going to say, hey, man, we can't deal with this. We don't want to have to talk about this. They're, they won't talk about it. They're going to defer to him. Hey, that's his deal. Let him do what he wants to do. Um, some guys might stand up you know, behind him and, and back him up. But for the most part, man, it's football. And that's what it really uh, boils down to. Uh, you know, I obviously understand where he's coming from from and uh you know wish that everybody could understand what the real meaning behind the protests were but uh this is a football deal man it won't it won't bother anybody in there coaches players they're not gonna they're not gonna bat an eye out of they're gonna go out there and try to win football games that's the only goal really you mentioned uh, your your fellow terp tory smith who's a guy that's walking the walk if you watch his social media particularly this week as he's taking the bye week to be out in the community Mm -hmm. in a bunch of different ways so just want to Shout him out for uh, not just talking the talk on Twitter, but also doing the darn thing. Um, I, I define distraction as if, if your teammates 
are getting asked questions about your actions other than like your good play. Like other than your good play, that would be that would be what I think would be a distraction when other players are being asked about you consistently. Like that's that to me, and, and that goes with good players, that goes with great players, it goes with it goes with a lot of different guys. But I think that would be what I would. Is that a, is that a fair definition? I, I think uh, my que- my other question, which we're just adding on questions with no answers, like lost. I think <laughs> that uh, if you're if you're just how long does this last? Like, how long is, are these? It's every so week. I, I saw, is it'll, it every week? Yes, because it will be every away game. It will be every away game. What do you mean? What does that mean? That, like, because I'm not going to, I have no interest in to asking, uh, in asking Dante Jackson about Eric Reed's anthem protest or, or protest during the anthem uh, in two weeks when they're playing the, the Ravens. But I, I, know? Think the, I think the local media on these away games will be the ones that are asking routinely about yeah it. i uh, think that you know i think more so than i think because you're right like at some point you've asked your questions you know joe persons asked his questions everybody's asked their questions but when you go on an on an away trip then all of a sudden it's new to them i feel like we went through this in some ways with with cam early on we we've gone you know you you've gone through this with some different things where every time he plays in a new city it's like they have to have the first conversation about him all yeah. over again. Uh, it's it's a, it's funny because so Eric was in the locker room today and I'm writing a story about Saquon Barkley and I was like literally I almost walked up to him to ask him a question about Saquon Barkley because I'm that's what I want to that's what I want to talk about. I'm like we've already talked about all this stuff is going to happen on Sunday whatever's going to happen. I thought Tory Smith said it best today. He said, "You know, all you guys want to talk about are these protests, but unless he's going to go out there and take a knee on third and 12, I don't care what he when is what he's going to do. If he wants to take a knee during the anthem, then that's his prerogative, and he can do that. And I and I will support him because he's my teammate and my friend. But unless he's going to do it on the football field, uh, it, it's not that important. It's not. It, it doesn't mean that much to me. If yeah, that makes sense, he's gotten that blessing from the top down. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, nobody's going to say that. Everybody's you know kept the line that it was a football decision. But if you sign him, you know there's a chance that come Sunday. He made a go down on the knee, and I think from David Tepper on down, you let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. And they're concerned about, like Tory said, hey, can he stop? You know, a tight end coming up the scene. Yeah. That's what's important to the other fifty-two guys. They're not. They're not worried about that. It's get. This. It's not a new issue. It's really old now. So it's been going on for a long time. Nobody's going to be distracted. I don't think. I don't think anybody in this in this locker room is going to be distracted. But bringing up David Tepper, I do think is interesting because he sacrificed his honeymoon period for this signing mm-hmm. with the entirety of the fan base. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, this is a divisive issue. And, and I, I will go, I will say that if, if, and when he kneels, I'll be, di- it'll be, it'll, it'll, I'll be disappointed. And, and, and not that, not, I'm not saying that to deter him. I just, that's the way that I feel about it. That, um, it's, it's something that, that, that I, I hate that he feels that, that he needs to do it. First of all, but, um, it is, it is, you know, it's, it's it's supposed to evoke emotion in me. That's what that action's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's why it's meaningful. That's why it's powerful. That's why other people have also used anthem protests in the past because it is and it does achieve that goal. And it doesn't mean some. It doesn't. It doesn't mean nearly as much when an NBA player does it because everybody knows they're welcome to do it. And that and so the the, the fact that 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 Kaepernick and, and Eric Reed did this. In an, a, cons- a more conservative league, if you will, is the reason that it had the impact that it did. But I will still be disappointed 
when I see someone feeling compelled to kneel during our national anthem. Are you, are you as moved by the, the root of the kneeling? Because if you're not, then that's the whole point. Then he needs to take a knee until everybody wells up with that same emotion that puts him on his knee. Because if we don't, then we've been distracted. We've been told that it is un-American to do that. That's why you feel that way because you're saying, hey, he's kneeling against the flag in America and it brings up, evokes all this emotion. But for Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick and other guys that look like us, it's all bottled up. And it has been for 25, 30, however, you know, he's 27, whatever it is. I'm 44. So our entire lives we've been bottled up with all that anger and frustration and it brought guys to their knees, literally. No. So if it doesn't move you in the same way, then you've been distracted. You're distracted, not the guys in the locker room. Yeah, no. I, what I'm I'm saying that for me as a guy that uh, takes tremendous pride in this country, I feel I I I feel upset that there is someone that feels this way, that feels so strongly that as as an American they're willing to kneel during the national anthem. That's what that's what hurts. Not like. It's not, it's not my anger is not towards Eric Reed or my frustration or my disappointment is not towards Eric Reed. It's to the fact that he has a gripe that is legitimate enough that, I, that, that, he, that he feels the need to do this. That is the part that frustrates me because what, as a guy that, 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 that served this country, and so it means something more, and I think we saw that in Pittsburgh. Um, with the, with their offensive lineman Villanueva, mm-hmm. when he yep. was when when Tomlin said we're not going to go out there, and he said I am because I served, and I'm going to go and stand for those guys because as much as I love the Steelers, it's not the most important team I've ever been a part of, and he went out there, and so that same feeling that he has as a player is this is the same feeling that I have as a serviceman, and so the idea that someone feels that need and wants, or not wants to, but feels so compelled to take something that, in my mind, is, is honoring not, not this country, not the flag, but us as a unified people, that he has a legitimate enough gripe. And I, and I join many other people that feel powerless in, in affecting that. And yeah. so, so I, I do not consider myself distracted, with all due respect, Al. I just consider, I, I just, I hate, I, I hate to see it. I hate to see it, and, and I can't sit there and tell you that he does not have a legitimate gripe. Yeah, I, and I so, understand. It's, but, uh, you know, it's you, you have the way you feel, and obviously he has, you know, something that, that's different, uh, and, and I'll be done with it. You use the word unified. The reason he's kneeling is because the country is not unified. Mm-hmm. So it can't just be unified by the servicemen and the flag and the president. It has to be – it has to be – if it's going to be unified, then make it that way. And it's clearly not. I mean, you want to – let's go through the news feed today. I mean, we can do that, and it's just not. So oh, no, I'm, I, everybody I, I, gets I'm, to have their own opinion. Yeah, and what I'm saying is that to me, that when, the times and particularly, you know, in service, you, when you serve – don't, you don't serve with the people that live in your neighborhood. You serve with people from all around <laughs> <Absolutely>. this country. <laughs> and when we stood and we, and we marched, we marched as one. And you serve as one, and that unity and that brotherhood that does not see or does not feel um, restricted by race or by region or whatever whatever restrictions. No, we are, we were in this together, and that unity that that 
I feel the same way, and I love it. If we could have that same unity outside of your troop and all, in, or outside of your football team, because those guys get along, but it, essentially it's it's a job, right? So we all work together at our jobs. When we leave, we're different people, and we have to respect that we're different people. So, yeah. um, I do think though, because I got I got uh, we, you know we wrote about Tory's um, tweets, and then ultimately Eric Reed signing. And I got the tweets from several people that said that they were done with this organization. The, the Panthers signed Eric Reed to a one-year contract. If you're willing to give up everything <laughs> that you have invested in this team from watching Al Wallace and Friends <laughs> in 2003 to watching this team go and, the, and, and this entire fan base not realize that they were going to need coats in Green Bay in 96. If you watch this team draft Cam Newton and Luke Keekley and celebrate and, and you want to give all that up because there's one guy that you don't disagree with, Toodaloo. Yeah, bad fan. Toodaloo. I, because I would not sacrifice for Eric Reed. I would not give one man that power over me. That's my personal opinion. If you want to be done with it, that's fine. But we have asked, this fan base has asked, and it has been answered for these men to be active in the community, and they've done it time and time and time again. And just because one time, one guy decides to be active in the community in a way that you don't think is right, if you're willing to give it all up, toodaloo. That's all I can say. Send your PSLs to me. My address is. (laughs) (laughs) You always got an angle, Nikki. I just get so upset, you know, whenever the news came out that we had signed him. And my first thought was, holy shit, we want to win. Oh, Nikki wanted to use it. Here we go. Explicit. Mm, One curse word is done for the week, Al. We only get one. Sorry. (laughs) That's it. You know, a year ago, we would have never, this would have never happened. So for it to happen now, all I could think was, we want to win. Like, he wants to win. Like, Tepper wants to win. We want to do these things. And then I made the mistake of getting on my phone, and my oh, Twitter no. was, yeah. I'm going to give up my PSLs. I'm going to burn my shirt. Like, I, I, <sighs> I really can't say, because if, if everyone agrees, if, even if you're on the other side, if everyone agrees that this team and this secondary is better with Eric Reed. And this defense is better with Eric Reed, and, and this is not to suggest this is the way David Tepper thinks, but for him to be willing to give up his honeymoon period with this fan base in order to sign a guy to try and win right now, that, that says a lot to me about what he's that, – that he's saying, look, I, I, I feel comfortable about my place in this community. We're going to be fine going forward. Let's go out there and win because there's a lot of owners. There's a lot – and not just owners, but a lot of new bosses, if you want to look at it <laughs> that way, that would have said, I'm going to go and take a pass on this one. And, and that's what makes they, it so great. That's what makes him so great yeah. because you knew – when he bought this team, you're going to see some moves like this. This is not the last move he's going to make that's going to go, you know, a different directions from that that club they have, that owner's club. He's going to do it. Some of it is calculated. I mean, he wants to be different. His career is built on being different from the rest of the guys. So, I mean, we're going to see this. And, I, I, I mean, it sounds like a company line. I do think they were looking to get better, like you said. They need to win now. He wants to win. If you've been around him, if you talk to him, he – 
he values winning and he wants to do it. He doesn't want to be first year coach or, or owner that's, you know, going to ride it out for the next couple of years before he can have some success. He wants it now, man. I like he, that Al thinks we hang out with billionaires. I really yeah. appreciate that, Al. <laughs> <laughs> he said he said it in his opening press conference. Like sometimes you just have to listen to yep. listen to what he said. He said he has three things that are the most important winning, winning, and winning. And so this is a move that he wants to win and he doesn't care about the consequences that that are coming with this move and there there are going to be consequences whether they're distractions whether they're people burning their jerseys whether they're you know protesters whatever is going to happen there are going to be consequences with this Eric Reed move but he doesn't care if it gets them uh, a ring in February uh, uh, just a slight point of clarification with the winning is do we think he's Al Davis just win baby and that it's because like, I don't I mean that, that he'll sign anybody and everybody. No, no, no. no. That's, I, don't, okay. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I agree with that. So. I agree with that. He's too yeah. smart for that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's that way. No. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of a of an example of somebody that would be that you wouldn't want to sign right now, like Corey Coleman. Yeah. No, uh, well, that's just <laughs> that's for different for more football <laughs> reasons, but no, no big deal. But like, I, I don't think he's yeah. going to go out and sign a guy that like, oh, you released this guy that just got a DUI. Come on, we're not going to become the Ravers, the Ravers, or the Raiders, <laughs> the Raiders, or the Ravers for that matter. If you do ecstasy, get out of here. <laughs> That's right. MDMA, no thank, not at BOA. <laughs> <laughs> that was so well done. Thank you. So well thank done. Thank you very much. Well, here we go. Week five. Let's look ahead to the Giants. Yep. Oh, Saquon. I love this, by the way. You wrote, stop Saquon, save the world. Yeah. That's an underrated show. Yeah, the first season was very good, I thought. And then the second season was the same as the first season. Well, they kind of ran out of, it's true. you know, nature um, of the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, it's like Saquon and, and Odell, right? And then if, if you can tackle those guys at eight yards instead of at 60, then I think they – this is the kind of team – I think we said this like three weeks ago against Dallas mm-hmm. was like this is the kind of team that you need to beat if you're going to be – a playoff team, a Super Bowl contender. You go out there, you take care of business. They're more talented than the Giants. I just you're at home coming off a of bye week. Yeah, yeah. There's no excuse why they shouldn't win this football game. You you just those guys are going to make plays. They're outstanding athletes. Uh, but what you have to do is limit those explosive plays over 15 yards. You can't let them get loose. That that just builds confidence on that sideline. And you're at home. You have to have your crowd behind you. You can't let those guys get loose for for big games. Yeah, uh, I I just I agree. I think it's like if you can control the only the Giants can't beat the Panthers. The Panthers can beat the Panthers this mm-hmm. week. I think it's like if you see no gap discipline, you see penalties, you see turnovers. That's a, that's a recipe for losing. You just go out there, you do the simple things like you make tackles at the point of attack. You you stay in your you, <laughs> you know do the simple things like tackling Saquon Barkley yeah exactly <laughs> and covering Odell Beckham exactly Jr. that's what I'm saying yeah. the simple yeah. things make it's Eli Manning yeah Easy. make Eli Manning smile easy things to do <laughs> uh, yeah and I, I just think they're I'm really just I'm more excited to see what the offense can do like this Giants defense is is underrated I think a lot of people are are just kind of like looking past and being like I mean this Giants team kind of had their way with the Saints for three quarters from a defensive perspective, and then they kind of ran out of gas, which eh, that'll happen. But um, Who's I, scary on that defense? Um, 
Jason Pierre-Paul doesn't have that many fingers. Is he still on the defense? No, he's he's gone. Gone. He's no, I know. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of anybody that might be scary. I guess well, Landon Eli Collins, Apple, maybe? if he actually shows up, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Safety, Collins. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably he's their best he's their defensive best player. player. Olivier yeah. Vernon is – Outside linebacker there. They they got some, some Yeah, battles. no, I mean yeah, they're they they're play. they're like the twelfth best defense in the NFL. Like Are that's they not, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not I mean, it's not the best defense, but it's not the they're, of the road. Yeah, it's they're good. not they're not the Falcons, you know? So it's uh yeah. well, it's it's interesting what they're trying to do because they're basically trying to grow an offense and hide a quarterback. Which yeah. <laughs> is also probably the highest or is the highest paid guy on the team. So I mean it's not it, easy. He I agree with you. Like, it's crazy to think that here we have a rookie in Saquon Barkley and you have Odell Beckham Jr. But I think the the guy that has the better chance – oh, gosh. Uh, here we go. Of ruining things for the Panthers is Barkley. I think he – I think that run game, particularly we saw a little bit of the weakness against Atlanta. That's mm-hmm. that's not the first time we've seen the this defense over the last couple of years getting exposed on those zone um, runs to the outside. So, I, I, I agree with you. As crazy as it is with OBJ on the other side that, that Barkley is the bigger threat here. Yeah, Josh uh, – ooh, I almost said Josh Norman. James Bradbury has really done such a spectacular job on the – I mean, like on these number one receivers the past two weeks. Like I, I honestly – I thought he was going to – I thought he was going to be able to, to handle Julio and A.J. Green. I did not expect him to do what he did, which mm-hmm. was essentially take them out of the game for all intents and purposes. Now, he got helped out by a little bit of a drop from A.J., but I, I think that he is – I mean, the way – you can't ask for anything more in your number one corner – thus far after three games of the season. Yeah, he stepped up, but they're going to need that pass rush against that awful Giants, yeah. uh, you know, O-line. Uh, if they can if they can do that and keep people in Eli's face, I mean, he'll turn the ball over for sure. But, you know, Colin, I agree, man. That, that running game, you know, the run defense for the Panthers, it gets a little sketchy sometimes, especially on the perimeter. And I think it's because they keep getting caught with Nickel out there and you put Captain Munderland out there and he's supposed to come up in the alley and – kind of turn it back, at, you know, it just doesn't look right all the time. But uh, Coach Washington, they'll they'll draw some stuff up and, and get, get bodies on the ball. But Shepard has actually outplayed uh, Odell Beckham so far this year. Not saying he's better, not even going there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I would, I'm going to love seeing Bradbury on, on Odell and, and trying to contain him. He's, for me, one of the most outstanding wide receivers in the game. I love Antonio Brown, but there's just something about – Beckham, that's just crazy. Odell, uh, Antonio seems like he's one of those guys that's just always open. Odell seems like he's never really open, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's gone for a touchdown. Yeah. Like it's always like he's always like covered. Like, hey, we got. Oh my God, he's gone. What <laughs> happened? Like it's just he catches those slants and he just he's gone. He's gone. It's yeah. insane. And he has eyes everywhere. I mean, yep. he's like stepping back and making guys miss. He's holding the ball with one hand. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. different, man. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, he. Yeah. He. He is a different kind of player. So is being familiar with Shula a blessing or a curse? I don't know. I mean, Al, you you play defense. You, I mean, I think it, it helps. I mean, you're gonna you've seen in practice a lot of the things he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But going into that week, he also knows this. So they've you know self scouted and they're gonna come with some new wrinkles. I think the difference is he's not on the field. So you got to deal with the personnel that we were talking about. So his scheme could look a whole lot different if he has, you know, different players, you know, than he had here. Obviously, no Cam Newton versus Eli. But, man, yeah, Shula's going to know some things about this unit too. So yeah. that that kind of – I mean, we'll see which, which side has the edge. But Gettleman knows the personnel. Obviously, Shula knows 
both sides of the ball, and, and they're going to have a chess match. It's going to be pretty interesting. Who do you think has run the ball more on first and ten thus far this season, Mike Shula or Norv Turner? The answer might surprise you, and I think <laughs> you might be able to figure it out from that hint. Is it really Norv? Yeah, it is Norv. Look at that. Yeah. It's What's like, the yardage difference, though? Oh, I don't know. That's the only stat I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, like, one stat. That deep. Yeah, exactly. But it's a good stat, and then we move right along. That's all I got. Game time. Yes. Are we ready? I'm so ready. excited. So we are going to play Who's Older Than Julius Peppers. Ooh. I feel like we should have theme music for this. But I we know. Don't. I failed. I was too busy looking up people's ages. <laughs> And these are people kind of all over the yeah. board. Okay. Okay. So uh, we got to start with someone we're going to see this weekend, Eli Manning. Okay. Eli Manning is younger than Julius Peppers, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 37. Julius Peppers is 38, in case you're wondering. Eli Manning is 37? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. See, that's I why I that. put that, because more than anything, I wanted you to say he's 37, because I didn't realize that either. I did, yeah. Do you watch The Big Bang Theory? No. You don't? Does no. anybody? Mm. Oh, mm. Fail. Because that was going to be the one that I thought would like really, yeah. really get you. Sheldon? Jim Parsons, Sheldon. Older or younger? Um, older. Than younger. Older. Than Julius Peppers? Mm-hmm. Older. He's 45. Holy cow. And he still dresses like a like a. That's the problem with the show is they always have they have them dressed like a, it's one of many problems, but they have them dressed like <laughs> like high school nerds. But they like now at a certain point, like now they're forty five years old. They they should be graduating to <laughs> at uh, some point. Yeah, <laughs> at some point, yes. Um, Stephanie from Full House, Jody Sweeten. Oh man. <sighs> Oh, that's the youngest daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's 37 yet. No. Um, I'll say she's younger. Younger. I'll go older because I want the points. Younger. Oh, man. Man. How about Katie Holmes? Ooh, man. She's Tom. not 38. No, she is. I don't know. She was she's married to Tom Cruise. Oh. She's older. Older. Younger. Younger. Older. Oh. She's 39. <laughs> wow. Man. How about New Hornet, Tony Parker? Ooh, that's <laughs> younger. He's been yeah, he's yeah you probably know, 20 right? 20 years. Yeah, I'm going to go with Colin. I'm going to go younger. Knows. Yeah, <laughs> Colin 36. Knows. Yeah. Um, the man that we watched come back from the dead on the football field, Anquan Bolden. Uh, he's definitely older. Is he? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. You know what would have been fun is if he found. I think he was two years behind. I think he's younger. I think he was older when he got drafted. I think that's why he, one of the reasons he fell in the draft because you know he's not going to be good because he's older. Yeah, never going to last. I'll in say this he's league. older. He's older. I, I'm going to go older with the rest of the crowd. Everyone's wrong. Oh, oh come so on! My logic was so good. There's an asterisk. Today is actually his birthday, oh, and he okay. just happy turned birthday. 38. Okay. And he just rated his five stars on iTunes last week. Exactly. Yeah. Happy I was say, Thank you, Anquan. He listens, friend of the podcast, He Anquan certainly Bolden. is a friend. friend. How about Anna Ferris? Chris Pratt's wife? Are they still married? Uh, I think they got divorced. Uh, oh, they're getting divorced. Anna, I'm sorry if they're listening. Also they a friend pro- of the they podcast. They probably listen together, but they can't. They're not. Younger. Yeah. Yeah, uh, young, younger, younger, younger. Yeah. She's actually forty-one. Wow, she looks great. Right? Pratt's older, right? 
I actually, I is he on the list? Because <laughs> he's, he's not because you had him. Yeah, when, and we, I was were, like, when nope. we talked about who's older than Julius Peppers, the game, I was like, Chris Pratt would be a good example. He's older. He's like forty-five years old. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. All right, let's do a couple more. Kim Kardashian. Oh no. Um, uh, she's not. Oh, I don't man. think they're. I don't. She's not the oldest, but I'll say younger. I, I think she's younger. I think she's older. She's younger, 37. Wow. What about Jennifer Love Hewitt? Oh, my God. She's my favorite. Josh and knows this. She older. is older. No. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, because she's my age, so she is younger. I'm just going with Josh. With Whatever Josh ends she's up younger. on, that's right. She's younger. Than. Come on, baby. She's older. She's older. 39. Oh, golly. Man. We have the same Guess birthday, actually. Guess that order's working. <laughs> <laughs> Not even allowed to know Who her birthday. Who we have birthday. left? Uh, age of 89, Steve Smith. Um, he's definitely older. Yeah, he's older, right? Older. Yeah. Okay, 39. Just checking. Seeing. And we'll end with... Al Wallace. Beyonce. Younger. Younger. Older. Younger, 37. Oh, man. Oh, just kidding. We'll do one more. Jared Leto. <laughs> I love Jared Leto. I've been watching him, like, forever, I feel like, in music and on TV. My uh, so-called older. life. Older. Uh, older. I'll go older. Older. He's yeah. 46. Good Lord. Why do you Joker. have to say it like this? Like yeah. we're, we're a lot closer to those numbers <laughs> for you to be saying It's them not like, like we're I'm all 20 years old. I'm 44 yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because that old? when you look at Jared Leto. Like, but you have I big just, arms for your age. I feel like Jared, <laughs> that's true. I feel like Jared Leto looks so much younger than that. Or he feels like, like I feel like he should be like 35 or something for some reason. Did you pick Jodie Sweetin because she has the same birthday as Julius Peppers? Because she does. Oh, no, I actually How's did not. How's that for a fun fact? That is a fun fact. So if you're wishing a happy birthday to Pep, send one on to Stephanie Tanner. The, what is it, January? Don't be rude. <laughs> How a, rude. That's a good reference. How rude. <laughs> that's a good reference. Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Josh Klein Rules on Twitter and Instagrams. Uh, you can follow the Riot Report at our Riot Report. And um, you should check out uh, – I also host another podcast with Zach Luttrell called It Is What It Is. It's on the Riot Network. This week we had Jermaine Carter Jr. on uh, where we talked about um, – the interesting way that he fits himself into the Panthers lineup on Madden. So it was. Uh, oh. Where, uh, where did he go to school? I don't remember. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, where Turf. can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> At Colin CLT on Twitter. And Al, where can they find you? At 96A Wallace on Twitter. Beautiful. And I am Nikki704. And I just wanted to say um, to. There were a ton of listeners that actually sent me messages from the Riot family about everything going on. Um, so thank you guys for that. Uh, you're listening to This is One Day Contract, a part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Al Wallace, your one day contract is up. All I need is one mic. Fuck the cars, the jewelry. All I need is one mic. Spread my voice to the whole world. 